the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Thursday Morning Answer. Practice Friday, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and Whitman. You are the keeper of the clock. Yes, I am. Oh, wait, you want me to tell you that about the presidential race? Yeah. You, okay, well, this here's... Is, this is like, oh, it's okay. a responsibility of yours, and I hope you take it seriously. Well, and I appreciate you delineating the responsibilities. I, I want to say something to Jennifer. I have to issue caveats. There's no fake news on this morning. Answer broadcast never has been, never... <laughs> we had to settle on a certain time, a certain standard. So we settled on election day. Yeah. Midnight on the East Coast when people start voting. So I'm yes. going to tell you here and now that Election Day, November 3rd, the mm-hmm. very date in the year of our very confused nation, 2020, uh, how close are we to the election actually being upon us? Well, I can tell you right now, I'm going to start with a teaser. We are four days. That's exactly right. We are four days. Each day consists of 24 hours. We are four days, 16 hours. 52 minutes and seven seconds at the sound of the tone. Tone. That's how close we are to America picking a president. Will America pick and stay with the incumbent? He's been serving for four long years. He hails from Queens, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, Dandy Donald Trump. Ding, 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 ding. And his opponent being led to the ring by a giant laptop. He weighs in at 143 pounds. The laptop from hell. Hears very little and says even less. The former vice president is an ISIS, Joseph R. Biden. <laughs> So who will it be? Because it's not going to be like Gary Johnson. Uh, so what is a left? Well, there is. Well, there is a third party candidate. Joe Jorgensen is. I know. It's always ballot. a Joe Jorgensen. Well, she's got. She's polling at like two point. Well, I thought it was a guy, no. so she's in trouble. J O. Yeah. Uh, between two and three percent. So this could be Joe a spoil Ponelchuk. factor. It's Joe Ponelchuk. No, Joe, Joe Jorgensen. Joe Joe Jorgensen. Does she wear clogs on the campaign? No, I don't think so. Who is she? I don't she's even know. She's clogging her way across the country. Right. Yeah, good good luck with. She's wearing cracks. She's a disaster. She's a libertarian but, political activist. Right. And, she, that means uh, she's confused. So she was duh. She was previously the party's nominee for vice president back in 1996. Where were you? Uh, okay. Hi, Rain Man. Rain She can appear on this program to explain that she doesn't wear Crocs or wood shoes and that and all the things I said are untrue at any time between now and um, the year 2025. So President Trump, Joe Biden, both in Florida today. They are holding uh, events actually both in Tampa. That's the first time it's happened love, during campaign season. I love Florida. And I'll tell you why it's going to be interesting. Really, truly, one of the reasons uh, they're, they, they're not happening simultaneously, the, the competing events, alternative events, President Trump, former Vice President Biden, they're also not happening at the same venue, 
or uh, and they're not same time, same venue, same bat station. They're not on the same bat station. But here's what's going to come up in Tampa. Tampa, clear water. What's going to come up is Disney World. What's going to come up is Disneyland. What's going to come up is the Disney Company. They're close enough. But they're in Orlando. It's still Florida, and it's still a swing state place. I love Florida. I know Florida, Jennifer. <laughs> so uh, this is an ongoing thing where also Anaheim mirrors in many ways, but less strangling humidity, which is fantastic, <laughs> because Orange County has so many wonderful theme parks. It's not just Disney or California Adventure. It's my friend Lupita, your friend Lupita at Knott's Berry Farm. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lupita, the keeper of the freebie. I mean, I mean, the, uh, <laughs> no, Lupita's fantastic. And all of the all of the theme parks, obviously Six Flags here in Southern California as well. So the openings here, uh, these businesses, obviously, which open and only do well when crowds show. Well, uh, just to talk about the Tampa rally for for a second. So President Trump and Joe Biden facing off in Tampa. Certainly there will be an argument about who can bring in the most crowd, right? Who can bring in the biggest crowd size and uh, people will be watching. Florida is an extremely important state as uh, we move towards counting votes on Tuesday. Here at home, however, with less than a week before Election Day, the city's already making preparations for what they consider to be the threat of of violence after election day we spoke yesterday about authorities on rodeo drive recommending that they shut down and that's exactly what they're going to do to vehicle and pedestrian traffic starting on tuesday november the third election day they're going to suggest that businesses board up get their merchandise out because they think that there is a threat to the stores that are on rodeo drive now starting saturday beverly hills police say that officers will begin working 12-hour shifts with no days off through the following week lapd is also doing the same thing in general throughout the city of Los Angeles. They're preparing for potential election violence. The department says their officers are receiving ongoing training on crowd control in preparation for protests re related to the election. Yesterday, Mayor Eric Garcetti talked about the possibility of election night unrest. We are very prepared for the elections, but at the same time, I don't want to buy into a narrative that there's going to be chaos during our elections. You prepare for the worst, but we are hoping and expect generally the best. Um, so we have here in Los Angeles, LAPD is ready. We have resources. We have good men and women who are ready to protect your right to vote. Deal with any situations if anyone tries to take that away from you or uh, cause any uh, chaos in an individual place. But there's no intelligence of a widespread uh, you know, plot to do things. A lot of folks are saying, should we shut down our businesses? Should we do X, Y, and Z? Uh, we are here as always, I told you, the city government will never stop working for you. Now, in this never stop terrorizing you. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I'm Mayor Eric Garcetti, and I want to underscore something I said a moment ago when talking about uh, looking into the future and divining some pretty bad things happening over election disputes coming up <laughs> on Tuesday. Now, what I said about the City of Angels has been borne out by my handling of COVID. What I said just the other day about the election is you always fear the worst. And expect the best in response. No, actually, Eric, you dunderhead, it's totally the opposite. We expect the, the worst. We fear that. And we fear the response, too, because we never get the best. Because you're the one who doesn't have the tests at work. I hmm. think they're just... And the whole city's got COVID. The fact that we are being threatened with bullying and election unrest is just... It is so sad. We should be celebrating the fact that we are able to vote. We should be celebrating the fact that we have fair elections. And uh, it doesn't seem American at all well, that we have to worry about cities burning down because maybe the vote might go in the wrong direction. And I use air quotes on that. I'm going to sound like... 
the Republican for a second. Good, I like uh, that. What, what, oh, I know you like it. It's very special when it happens. Uh, what, what, the people who are sound, sounding the alarm bell are very savvy business operators in Beverly Hills, Rodale Drive, who know a thing or two about security. Our Los Angeles Police Department that knows a thing or two about keeping yeah. people safe. They don't get worried for no reason. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the fact that there are people threatening us with violence for voting is ridiculous. Sure. I agree All right, you. as we continue, are you concerned about the volatility of your investments? As an investor with traditional investments, including IRAs, I'm concerned about the stock market and about how printing so much money out of thin air will affect the value of the dollar. I heard my friend Seb Gorka talk about Midas Gold Group, and I know owning precious metals adds safety and stability to savings and investment portfolios. So I took the leap and I spoke to Midas Gold Group for myself. I am so glad that I did. It was a wonderful experience. There were no pushy salesmen. They're knowledgeable professionals, know everyone's needs are different, and they treat each person accordingly. I encourage you to meet with Midas Gold Group for yourself. Call to schedule an appointment and ask for their free IRA guide on how to use your IRA to own physical gold and do it tax free. Call 805 60 That's 805-601-6000. I get my gold from Midas Gold Group, and I believe you should too. Check them out, 805-601-6000. We now know who Anonymous is. Remember him with that tell-all? We've got the details. Azure Thursday Morning Answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Thursday morning answer, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And do you remember, Whitman, think back. Yes. You've got a memory. I say that you have a memory like a steel trap, like you're Mary Lou Henner. You remember everything. Okay. You agree, right? Yeah, I thought you just wanted me to remember it about three minutes ago when you and a coworker were doing your Trump chat. Off the air, mm-hmm. for, not for on-air consumption, but that's why I'm the bad boy in the black sheep. I take that off-air chat about We're saying Trump. we're nervous. And, oh, yeah. and what do we just say? No, if everything so, I, happens today like it's supposed to, he'll win. But if there's tinkering, that's what makes us nervous. And I don't see who that person is. I, 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 I don't. It's the martyr, Alan Astrid. It's Alan Astrid. And Jennifer, you contributed because this how I think before the election, the Trump supporters are thinking this way. And you were saying to him, and mm-hmm. I was in my uh, quarantine studio commenting. I don't think you could hear it because when the other folks come in of like mind, uh, I don't. You know. So you're chatting, and I hear you say this because you're so sweet. I love you, and you're so smart. You said this. I have. I just feel like I just feel from what we're seeing with him that that he should run away with this. That's and right. there was a pause, and then I turned on my microphone, and one person, I said. And then I look at his medical chart, and it's like very different. And you didn't hear that. And I, I know Alan, Alan Estrin, the living Malta, did not even crack a smile because he could not hear. But uh, that's my point. See, I thought that too, actually. I did think that. I was telling you that. But you want me to go way, way back in my mind? I want like, you to go back to, I think, um, let's just say, uh, how about 2018? 2018. That was the year we had a midterm election. Uh, I was wearing blue. You were wearing like a turquoise. Uh, Chuck Tyler, our, our program director, was wearing Spanish. Index at that one. It was very strange. It was Still an ask, today. Weird. It was a, a town hall. It's about the midterms. We had a lot of ask the candidate events that year. And uh, yes, I remember the year well. You were, you were asking in particular place about that. I was asking about uh, the memory of yours. Do you remember Anonymous? Yes. You remember Anonymous, right? Yes. Anonymous was the person. Is that how the whistleblower was identified? Well, the whistleblower of uh, the, the Ukraine call, that is somebody else. Right. That was Regis, an anonymous whistleblower. Regis, but. can I have a 50-50, Regis? All right, computer, take away two wrong answers, leaving dunderheaded Whitman only one wrong answer and the correct answer. The question again. 
Remember 2018, who is anonymous? Who was anonymous? Okay, so anonymous was the guy who wrote that piece, that op-ed in... uh, The Wall Street Times. All right, forget it. I don't know. Okay, he wrote an op-ed which vowed resistance to President Trump, said that he was a member of President Trump's inner circle, working currently at the White House for the administration. And he said that there's a resistance all around President Trump and that they're all working to to make sure that they save the country like he's some sort of hero. Remember that guy? Yeah, we found out it was Dr. Anthony Fauci. It was so bad. It was not. But we do now know that he has a name. Will the real Anonymous please rise? And imagine this. Remember he said he was in the inner circle of President Trump, that he had a high-level job? Sure. Hey, pal, the only thing in my inner circle is COVID-19. Wrong to you and wrong to the guy who said that he was in the inner circle. We now know that Anonymous has been identified as Miles Taylor. Not Hmm. Miles Taylor. Right. Miles Taylor. Oh, my gosh. Is it really? Well, hold on a second. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I sit here exasperated and utterly astounded. Miles Taylor. Now, would you say... Miles Taylor is the... Who's Miles Taylor? Exactly. Now, would you say Miles <laughs> Taylor is someone that we identify as being in Trump's inner circle? No, it sounds like a long, He that. sounds like a long-distance seamstress. He does seem like that. He's actually... A former Department of Homeland Security official, not quite the inner circle of President Trump. He revealed himself, needing some more attention apparently, as Anonymous, who was the author of that op-ed. He previously was asked if he was Anonymous. He had denied that in the past, but he is now coming out saying that he is indeed Anonymous. And guess what he also is? Hmm. A paid contributor to CNN, huh? And I'm not special. All righty, all righty. Last month, um, when he uh, wrote, yeah. when he wrote his resignation letter to the Department of Homeland Security, did that in June of 2019. He also yeah. wrote a book by Anonymous called "A Warning," and now he has officially come out and said, "Yes, indeed, I am anonymous." The problem and, is that the media ran with this story and said that he was within Trump's inner circle and that he was so <laughs> close to the day-to-day workings of the administration. And once uh, again. A paid CNN contributor. Yeah. Uh, We're here. Larry Kingwood Anonymous, who is an expert. uh, The final word on all international dealings. And the president's inner sanctum, the inside circle. Anonymous, hello. So what's going on with uh, nuclear weapons and Vladimir Putin? It's spectacular. The lesson here about is, kiddies, don't believe COVID? what the mainstream news media is feeding you because you yeah. have to question everything. The other question, yeah, question this. How do we know he's anonymous? I could stand up today and say I was anonymous back in 2018, and you can't disprove that. Uh, I think that if he comes out and claims it, and there's no one else saying, no, not so fast. Yeah. Also, his publisher knows who he is. Obviously, <laughs> CNN knows who he is. Right. And uh, the White House has responded now saying, this is a low-level employee who was a disgruntled staff My- member. Miles Taylor. Yeah. Sounds like a country music DJ. Right. It's just it, it's a strange story. But we now know that everything that was made about this person in Trump's inner circle working the resistance, actually some weirdo that like cleaned bathrooms at well, the Department I of Homeland Security. We know that is he now cleaned- a CNN political uh, expert. Well done, CNN. Uh, uh, well, he's, uh, someone has to replace Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> there you go. I know he had a Zoom problem. Well, I read Jeffrey Tubin a statement. Apparently, he wrote all I wanted to do was a Zoom, 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 zoom and maybe potentially a boom, boom. He did a few boom, booms. That's for sure. Okay, 
Very All good. right. Another uh, little answer to a scandal that has been brewing as of late is the Hunter Biden, Jim Biden and Joe Biden scandal. The whole band of Bidens have been accused <laughs> yeah. of uh, of working on d- these deals with not only Russia, Ukraine, but now we hear China. And uh, as someone who is this close to the presidency, yeah. we want someone who might be strong uh, on uh, China, uh, who might be able to battle our worst economic foe. Uh, and the Biden family had not denied that they've taken money from a Chinese energy company, had dealings with the communist Chinese government. Jim Biden, however, has been very quiet. No one's looked for him to try to ask him any questions, because guess what? Media doesn't care about a scandal that would involve Joe Biden. So a reporter for Fox News went to Jim Biden's house. And I'll have the direct transcript for you available after you hear this. Clip. And uh, approached him. Jim Biden's in the front yard, kind of out there <laughs> tending to a lovely house, by the way. Holy right, right, great. Out that there wandering great. around in his front yard. And this reporter says, hey, Jim, you have anything to say about this scandal? Hi. Do you care to answer some questions? Just wondering, why did you involve Joe Biden in your China deal? Why did you and Hunter Biden want Joe Biden to meet with Tony B? What are you talking about? Are you Mr. Jim Biden? I wanted to ask you about the China deal. Would, Would you please stop bothering me? You don't want to comment, sir? I don't want to comment about anything. We I guess he didn't news. want to talk. Uh, uh, he wasn't yeah, in breaking mood. news, breaking news, sound for the transcript. <laughs> All right, here we go. The answer, breaking news. Okay, uh, we go to uh, Brian Whitman using an alternative voice to read the transcript of the media interaction with the highly scrutinized brother of presidential candidate Joe Biden. His name is Jim Biden was just questioned on his front lawn. Oh, that's exactly right. We have the full transcript of what Jim Biden, the potentially first brother of our nation, said to media moments ago. He said, and I repeat these critical words, Dan, nope. <laughs> what are you talking about? Would you please stop bothering me? I want to talk to you about anything. Oh, right. That's breaking news from the very loquacious Jim Biden, brother of Joe Biden, being asked about laptop world. Damn rather. Should be a snooze. (laughs) Very good. As we continue, the Girl Scouts sparking outrage. We'll tell you why as your Thursday morning answer continues. Jennifer Horn is funny, smart, and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's, um, well, anyway. This is the morning answer. God, this song just inspires me. Where's Ricky? It's your Thursday morning answer. You found us, Brian Whitman. Who am I? Why am I here? Jennifer Horn. And we are five days. Away from Y2K. And a lot of people (laughs) think that in the year 2000, when the clock rings in the year, all the computers are going on. 2020. 2020. My vision? We made it through Y2K. Oh, there's something that the media was fear-mongering about. (laughs) Hi, COVID. Oh, but this must be a talk radio show. I'm not still. (laughs) All right. Can we talk talk (laughs) about the Girl Scouts? I love the girl. They only do one thing. 
that that I wish they wouldn't do. But sell but cookies because I, I love the cookies. I love the cookies too. I love the cookies so much. On the air one day when I said, "Well, that's me, Ralph," and it was wrong that I said that. And a little scout she called me from Fullerton maybe, and I said, "You got to come to the morning answer." She, what a sweet thing! I have a picture of her. I remember I that she sold a bunch of cookies to all of us, didn't she? She did. Now I worked with a couple of folks who had the old alligator arms. You know, didn't didn't go long and deep like uh, Brett Favre for the uh, <laughs> uh, for the old girls. How much so, did you spend in Girl Scout cookies? Myself, it, I think two hundred. No way, really? That's a like, score, Uncle it, Brian. Wow. It was at least a hundred. I tell you, I knew going in. I'm, I'm, she was on the phone already. I'm thinking I can't invite her unless I spend a hundred. Then I yeah. go to the checking account. And say the data say doesn't invite her, but I invite her anyway. And we made it. We made it happen. Say Trump with Kevin. We just make it out, you know. So she, I bought all Thin Mints, as I recall, and she was a sweetheart. Wow, and, you're an all Thin Mint man, eh? Uh, Don't you um, like the Samoas? I hate them and the tagalongs, the, the little. Uh, little Peanut and butter things. I love the Samoan people. It's a different. You talk about the cookies, but people who tag along behind me, you know, is that I don't like that. And the only Girl Scout cookie I like are Thin Mints, and I recommend to Morning Answer listeners put them in the freezer. Yeah, or why the heck good. buy them in the first place? Why the Girl Scouts under the microscope of public scrutiny? And Girl Scouts, can we add a few more cookies to the package? Well, what you what you want? Charging you, five dollars. You want to cookie saying, menu pack? We should up the quantity. I thought I mean, you guys thin, are, okay. thin mints are about your best deal, but you open up those oh. Samoas and that's, oh. that's one yeah. bad night and some <laughs> crying. <laughs> Life is about simplicity. My friend Paul Joseph in Malibu will tell you options confuse people, and he's always been right about that. Yeah. Look at it in an outburger. It's your fast food connoisseur. Which is why I have a voter guide for you, and you don't have to worry about options. Everybody's promoting. Go to DennisPrager.com and find Jennifer <laughs> Horn's voter guide. Thank it you. Really, check um, out. Okay, and, so I want to ask you a little trivia question. Do you think I was a Girl Scout? I think you certainly were a Girl Scout or a Brownie or one of the one of one of those associated organizations for sure. I was a Brownie. That is correct. Ding, um, ding, ding. And then I realized that. You had to camp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was part of the thing, too. And after the camp- I was a Republican and a conservative, and then I realized you have to go in the outdoors and camp sometimes. Right. I said, oh, forget it. Can I be a liberal and New I- York? I kind of want to revisit. Like, I actually want to revisit camping because I think I'd actually really like it now. But as a kid, especially as a shy kid, when you had to actually like, you couldn't hide from people. Like, you actually had to share a space with a lot of kids. That freaked me out a lot. It's it's called it's called using the land and the resources the most efficiently. So actually having to share some space with people. And and, which, by the way, is a COVID. uh, And they made you tuna fish sandwiches. Also not. Oh, I'm out. Mm. I'm out. So I, I, I my my I never made it to Girl Scout. I was always me neither <laughs> was because of the because of all those camping. But the Girl Scouts of America are taking some heat today. Why? And that's because on Wednesday, and I think you're going to actually be with me on this. This is the epitome well, of ridiculousness. Now, well, now, now, don't you taint the jury pool here in the morning answer because they are members of the jury. I have faith in you, and I know you don't like to disappoint me, so don't do it. Here we go. Girl Scouts of America on Wednesday tweeted uh, posted a tweet. That celebrated a person representing the girls. Yeah, they have a Twitter account. So whoever their social media person is puts a a tweet up that celebrates the confirmation of new Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. And the goal of the tweet was not political. It was to celebrate that another woman, only one of five, keep in mind, ladies, one of five who has ever sat on the highest court in the land. Quote from the Girl Scouts of America because God love you. I don't want to know what your def- what your explanation is for the tweet. I want to know what theirs is if you want. No, to this is. It. I mean, this is what it said. I can read it okay. to you. But basically, it's a congratulatory note. So it says, "Congratulations, Amy Coney Barrett, on becoming the fifth woman appointed to the Supreme Court since its inception in 1789." And then it has a little picture surrounded in Girl Scout green of 
all five of the Supreme Court justices that have been female. So you have RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sandra Day O'Connor, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and you have Amy Coney Barrett. Five yes. women's picture up there, right? And that's uh-huh. a tweet. Now, yes. I have a very, very clear opinion of this. People went bananas. And I actually, Jennifer, do think that they are totally wrong. Thank you. I knew you would be on my side on this. So the rage mob gets uh, all riled up and they start tweeting the Girl Scouts saying, it's sad to see the Girl Scouts celebrate someone like Amy Coney Barrett. Was she even a Girl Scout? If not, why the Post, knowing how divisive it is at this moment to celebrate this? Come Whoever wrote that is probably a woman. Sounds like someone – maybe not. Yes, these are women who are going after other women. This is the point. They should be on The View then. Save it. You know, it's like – we need to we need to as women. I remember the day, it wasn't that long ago, when we used to celebrate, we were encouraged to celebrate women's accomplishments. Now, whether or not you think it was right, whether or not you think the timing was right, to have one of five women being appointed to the Supreme Court, the fifth woman ever in history, and to have the Girl Scouts celebrate this as an empowering day for women, and then you have these dumb broads who are out there going, Oh, we can't celebrate this. That's also probably Get not a, a life. The Girl Scouts. But I would agree with you Loser that these games No, here's the thing. I'm going to zoom in in this COVID-compliant 2020 episode, Morning Answer. Folks, if you heard that tweet that Jennifer Horn so eloquently read that was posted, I believe you said on Wednesday, which would be yesterday by the Girl Scouts of America, uh, that tweet that had photos and images of all five Supreme Court justices who have been female judges and congratulating Judge Amy Coney Barrett, the Girl Scouts of America, if you actually think that that tweet is about Judge Barrett or... Sonia Sotomayor or Sandra Day O'Connor or Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Elena Kagan, you're wrong. The tweet is about the girls, the children, who are Girl Scouts, who are young children. And it is to show them that they, too, in the land of equal opportunity where it's supposed to be, and we work every day to make opportunity, we as liberals. I am a liberal. That tweet is to show young people who are female that, yes, they, too, should aspire to the U.S. Supreme Court if the yeah. law interests them because they can do that and achieve that in this unique place that we call America. It's not about actually on the surface. It seems to be about Judge Barrett because she did do that and bless her for it and all the others, Sotomayor, Kagan, Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But it's about young girls who are in, a, in an organization where it used to be gender specific. I don't even know if it is anymore, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Young people in America should know that's why role models are role models. That's why a Latino person who does something fantastic is spotlighted in a, if it's very prominent in the celebrity world, the business world, or a person who is a woman or a person who is – I'll just uh, – yeah, I, no, I, and I just I, – I would say this, Brian. As much as I probably disagreed with Ruth Bader Ginsburg on everything – and I'm not trying to pearl clutch here and you know be judgy, but she threw a lot I, of bowling balls through glass for you. I still respect the role that she played in the Supreme Court, the role that she plays in history, and the fact that we're in this mode now where if we don't like somebody, no longer do we celebrate women's accomplishments or achievements. We instead even... bully the Girl Scouts, who, by the way, took the tweet down it, because they they actually, you know, they fell to cancel culture. You know what, Jen? I love. I say this a lot. Be, and I say it because I feel it a lot, and I love to, and it's that I love to converse with you because I learn so much. Or I, it becomes clear for me what I think from what you think or don't think, and vice versa. I hope. What's amazing to me is that anyone would read that tweet and first and foremost think about anger or resentment of Judge Barrett, rather than think about the elevation and the inspiration 
to young girls who are Americans who they don't even know. Yeah. Big tech in the hot seat. We will have a rough exchange between Twitter and Ted Cruz. You won't believe what they said to each other. As your Thursday morning answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Not quite Friday yet, but we're almost there. You found yourself on a Thursday. It's the morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn in the countdown, the final stretch. Yes, it is the final day. Well, it's you are correct. We are four days and 13 hours, I believe. I just have to make it one of my favorites here. The countdown clock to the presidential to presidential election day. And the time we're using for that, of course, is midnight on the East Coast of America when America picks a president. And of course, it'll be it'll be nine. It'll be 10 hours after that, that our polls open in California. So we'll just take 10 hours off this number and uh, then we'll have for ourselves here in uh, California. Uh, are, and we'll have that for you after, in the next hour here on the morning answer. But we have bigger fish to fry. Yes, we do. And they are big tech fish <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yesterday on Capitol Hill, and this because of the timing of it, it, it got some attention. Yeah, but there were some really good juicy moments of this. And so big tech was already scheduled to have a Senate hearing. But remember, and- it was last week when – Senator Lindsey Graham and Senator Ted Cruz got together and decided to subpoena Jack Dorsey, who runs Twitter, and Mark Zuckerberg, who runs Facebook, to come and answer some questions about why they sort of seem to be discriminating against some news stories. And this was really brought into focus with the story of Hunter Biden. When Hunter Biden's laptop story came out, Twitter pulled the reporting down from the New York Post. They blocked the story. Anybody who retweeted it was blocked. The New York Post still, I think, has been taken off of Twitter. They haven't been given access to their account back yet yet and they said it was because that information was hacked well when president trump's tax returns were hacked that information was all over twitter and there was no censoring of that information at all and in the beginning when social media came upon us so we thought of it as citizen media in a lot of ways you could post and 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 reach the globe um uh, and then of course uh they start to eliminate some tweets remember controversial this year the tags that facebook and twitter did put on messages from president trump encouraging people to go to the registrar of voters or whatever that group was for the facts on this these are new moves by so-called big tech the people who run these companies these platforms for expression and of course they're going to be new moves because this is a this is an exploding business right this wasn't as much a part of the conversation 10 years ago when obama was running for re-election this and was and arguably wasn't as it was it was not as yeah. part of the victory of a president of the United States like it was with President Trump and his use. President of Trump has used Twitter. And now, quite frankly, most people use Facebook or Twitter or some form of social media to stay connected. So what responsibilities do they have? Do they have any responsibilities? Should they be putting everybody's free thought up there or should they be engaging in the censorship business? Ted Cruz was uh, maybe one of the most fired up senators to ask questions of Jack Dorsey, who sort of looked like he'd been hanging out with like the Unabomber. I don't know if you saw him, but uh, yes, a uh, little bit. Like he's been off the grid for a while uh, out of the shed, <laughs> yeah. I think, is it a shack out of the shack. So Jack Dorsey runs Twitter and the questioner or the interrogator is Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Take a listen. But you're still watching the New York Post. You haven't changed it. We have changed it. They can log into their account, delete the original tweet. Uh, You forced the Politico reporter to take down his post about the New York Post as well. Is that correct? Within that 24-hour period, yes. But we, you know, as the policy has changed, 
Anyone can tweet so the So Twitter takes the Duke. You can censor the New York Post. You can censor Politico. Presumably you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? So, Senator Cruz, you ask me who elected me. You ask me why I behave as a Democratic super PAC. Senator Cruz, do you want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I act like a democratic superpower because I am a democratic superpower. <laughs> I delete and I redirect and I hyperlink whoever I want to hyperlink. <laughs> and all of these conservatives run around like the New York Post and your crew in Texas. I zap them all. Uh, all right, so take Colonel <laughs> Dorsey up. What? I'm a man in uniform. Uh, Tom Cruise gets in there and they drag him. <laughs> You're right, I did. That's the greatest scene ever. And Jack Dorsey, did he have a new, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Nathan Jessup moment where he spilled the beans <laughs> and said, I hate all conservatives. I'm, mis I'm Captain Liberal. I think it was just implied that he hates oh, all conservatives. Dramatic. Actually. It was dramatic. <laughs> well, this is a good question. The question from Senator Cruz at Next Step was if Jack Dorsey thought that Twitter huh. has influence on elections. Now, I think for answering this question honestly, of course they do, right? Yeah, They're a right, platform sure. where people exchange information. But Jack but Dorsey has a different take. He doesn't give that up. He doesn't give that up. No. Mr. Dorsey, does Twitter have the ability to influence elections? No. What? You don't believe Twitter has any ability to influence elections? No, we are one part of a spectrum of communication channels that people have. So you're testified to this committee right now that, that, that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections? People, people have choice of other communication channels with which. Not if, not if they don't hear information. If you don't think you have the power to influence elections, why do you block anything? Uh, well, we have policies that are focused on making sure that more voices on the platform are possible. We see a lot of abuse and harassment, which ends up silencing people and having them leave from the platform. All right, Mr. Dorsey, I find your opening questions, your opening answers absurd on their face. And your you face is absurd. Asked, and your face is absurd, Ted. And the beard that you're growing is an embarrassment. Are you kidding? That's the best Texas. beard. That's the best thing he's ever done. You ask me, can Twitter influence elections? I ask you, Ted. Go ask Vladimir Putin. I'm getting out of here. And that's when Nathan Jessup stands up. And they all, all bail off, move in here. And Tom Cruise looks at him and stares at him. And he swears, you with the wrong Marine. And then when Jack Nicholson in that scene adjusts his, his decorations, adjusts his coat, yeah. his jacket, and adjusts it, that sound of how it all falls, but so neatly and organized, is just something about cinema when he adjusts his, I'm getting out of here. I can tell you there were no decorations on Jack Dorsey yesterday, that's for sure. There were not. Okay, <laughs> no. I was going to ask. Not no, even like a charm or a, did, anything? No, but he did say that Republicans are the ones with the problem. It's not Twitter oh, or their well, platform or their censorship. Right, no, it's never me. It's Republicans. Right. They don't know sort Jack. of a divisive answer they, to begin with, but let's take a listen. Jack. Section 230 is the most important law protecting Internet speech. And removing Section 230 will remove speech from the Internet. Section 230 gave internet services two important tools. The first provides immunity from liability for users' content. The second 
provides good Samaritan protections for content moderation and removal, even of constitutionally protected speech, as long as it's done in good faith. That concept of good faith is what's being challenged by many of you today. Some of you don't trust we're acting in good faith. Mm -hmm. That's the problem I want to focus on solving. Yeah, and you should focus on it, pal, because you do have a problem. And please tell me, please tell me that you've called me here. Please tell me the life of these two Marines hangs in hangs in the balance, something more consequential than Private Santiago's retweeting habits. <laughs> I know what you're doing today. You're out watching a few good men. <laughs> I am. I'm going home for it right now. Make it I fast a, forward to the courtroom. Make it time. a great Thursday. It's 9 o'clock.